Uh, hey, everybody. So it's time for another episode. It's a, I guess it's a, I don't know, it's a Tuesday. It's time for a Tuesday episode. And it was just uh, communicating with someone online about a podcast, um, uh, about a podcast they make about uh, public transit. And I said, okay, that's interesting. Uh, we used to have a series in here, uh, like, you know, maybe there's only one episode, Tales from the 51A which was a bus I used to ride a lot here in the Bay Area. Still still my regular bus route, but, it, like, uh, I'm trying to think how much— I, I tried to look in the archives before I started recording about uh, if I've ever done a f- full episode about the Centro buses. Those were the buses in Syracuse, New York. C-E-N Centro, C-E-N-T-R-O. And my relationship with the central buses uh, that ran in Syracuse, New York. And uh, so I, I figured I'd just talk about it. I have very fond memory. I mean, I've, I've always been someone that's loved public transportation. And uh, uh, not just from a, like, a political environmental standpoint, but that is an important aspect of it. But there's also, uh, let's see, where do we start with this? Um I don't know. I just always feel like it's like I'm on more of an adventure, I guess, because it's less under your control. But it's like more passive. You can look out the window. I don't know. I guess we'll, we'll, we'll go into these earlier memories of why, like, I guess I have positive associations with the uh, public transit. And I lived in New York City. I probably didn't even use public transit as much as I should have when I lived in New York. Um, but, uh, so yeah, I, th- I think. Oh, and also the like. Uh, I guess this will be the, the where, where we'll start because uh, I've talked. I don't know if I've talked about all this. Well, we're not going to talk about it concisely, I guess. But uh, all together at once, and I've never like uh, formally given public transit the right, like the rights it deserves, like uh, for this podcast. Because without public transportation, this podcast would not exist. And maybe we won't even get to this. So we'll talk about that for a few minutes to start. And just as a sense of an encouragement, uh, for those of you that are either creating something or that are kind of in the beginning or pre-phase where you say, well, geez, I want to do this project, uh, but I haven't been able to or I haven't, like, uh, and I realize this is a big leap, but, but it, like, uh, like, I want to encourage you. Uh, and, and through my relating what the podcast hosts of public transportation is, is a place to start. And I wanted to say up front that I realize that it might not be possible for everyone everywhere because uh, a lot of people might live somewhere uh, where public transit isn't uh, is a, like effective. But I think if you look into it, you'll quickly realize that there's a lot of places that it is and uh, – so if you have a creative project that's on hold because of time, like let's say you're you're in a relationship, you're in a relationship, you have a family and you have a day job. I mean, I know from having my daughter and having my job, and it's very hard. I mean, doing a podcast three times a week is pretty much you know not a good idea, but do, even doing it once a week would be very very difficult. So I can relate to that, and especially if you have like, a, but even if you're a single person, I know plenty of single people. That don't have kids. That 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 time is a complex thing. Let's put that aside. But if you could carve out commuting to your day job on public transit, here's a caveat: if as long as there's only two switches, 
so that one portion of your, your commute is uh, like ideally you have between 15 and 30 minutes and one thing, whether it be a bus or a train. It also depends on how packed it is. But even if it's on a packed train, you could be listening to something. So so you could be but, – but to think about it and look into it because especially if it involves writing or prepping or research or listening or saying you're trying – let's say it's not something creative. Say you're just trying to learn a new, a new skill. Like you have that time. It's your own time. Like, like your, your family – you know, it's a little bit of an independent time that you're carving out. And, yes, it'll add some time to your commutes. And it'll 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 add a new challenge. But uh, I, think, I think I don't know if you get what I'm saying. But let me tell you by example. Now, in my situation, it was different because uh, I had had a car that had died. This was well before the podcast started. And I also had had a job even when I had, I had an older car. But even then, when I had a job, I, I had to commute just because of the way traffic is in the Bay Area. I had to go pretty far away, and to drive would take longer than taking the bar train, or it would be about even. It was like, a, I think for a long time, my door-to-door commute was about an hour and 30 minutes. So whether car or uh, train and bus and bike, it was somewhere between an hour and 15 and an hour and 30 minutes. And uh, that would be BART. In a perfect world, it was BART and bike, and then if it was raining or something, it would be, be a bus. And then once my daughter started going to school, it added, like, an extra layer of getting her to school. But a lot of times we would just bike, and, and then, anyway, not important, or if I could walk. But so so before the podcast started, I had been commuting from the East Bay around Oakland to Fremont for a long time for my job. And usually I'd be on the BART train. I had a 30-minute from when I got on to when I got off. The train ride was 30 minutes. And it was reverse commute, so I could sit down. Normally a train wasn't packed. It would be full. But I could usually sit. And for a long time, that was when I was writing. Like So I was writing uh, shorts. I was writing something with two other people, kind of for like a YouTube that we were going to produce, like web comedy. And then I was writing kind of like trying to figure out, geez, could I write screenplays? I was writing some full-length uh, full length stuff. And I think mostly on the train I was doing the full-length stuff. And very similar to the podcast. So like back then, like I was trying to either write this one screenplay or rewrite it. I tried to write an hour on that a day. Um, so 30 minutes, uh, 30 minutes and 30 minutes, 30 minutes in the morning and 30 minutes in the afternoon. And then when we started the web com- when I started writing the web comedy with these other guys, um, I don't know why I changed the rules. I think a little bit. So then maybe I, was, I don't know how I was breaking in my writing time, but I was still trying to get uh, like five hours of screenplay feature, like screenplay writing for myself done, and then writing this other stuff. And it wasn't always easy because you like uh, like this stuff is always work. It's not. There are fun moments when you're writing and stuff like that, but uh, it's not always fun. And it's just something I learned that you just have to do. And I couldn't always be disciplined. And also this is when I was still out there uh, uh, drinking, so sometimes I'd be hungover too. And But for the most part, when I was disciplined, my rule was when I sat, as soon as I sat down on the train, 
I would start writing, and then like uh, when I got you know when I got up, I would stop writing, and whatever that meant. Like uh, ideally, it was focused writing, but most of the time it wasn't fo- always focused, or I was negotiating and saying, "Well, let's go two stops, and I'll mess around on my phone." Or read the new, you know, read the newspaper. But when it was really effective, it was like like a muscle memory thing. As soon as you sit down, at least like when things were going well, I would know to start writing. And then at some point, and actually, like, have I talked about this on the podcast? I wonder, or just in interviews about the podcast? But this was actually like. Oh, so this will be a little bit more behind the scenes about the podcast, at least for this portion. So maybe not everybody knows this, but I'm going to try to talk really slow and lulling so that people don't need to listen either if they don't want to. But so, um, so the idea for Sleep With Me I had a long, long time ago, like years before I started it, um... And I won't dig too deep in that because it's kind of like one of those, there was never a aha moment like, like uh, it was just like, huh, maybe I could do a podcast. Uh, maybe be, like it, it was more of like a developing idea. Uh, but it, it, like uh, there was an aha moment that brought the podcast into light, which was just, I kept putting it on the back burner. And there was even one time I was really close to starting it at the end of a Game of Thrones season. Uh, maybe season three or either two or three where I said, man, man, I love, I could just talk about Game of Thrones for that bedtime story podcast. Uh, and I could just start, start right now. And then I would have, I think it was season three. Cause I said, well, that's 30 weeks or maybe it's 20 weeks. I said, that would give me a year, almost a year of episodes if I did had it once a week. Uh, but then I said, no. And I think it wasn't a year, year and a half later, maybe that I started the podcast. But so anyway, I, uh, so I'd had the idea for a while and I kept putting it in the back burner. And one of the reasons was I, my writing plate was full. I was trying to rewrite this one screenplay that I had hoped would become a writing sample or that would be like good enough or bad enough that people would be like, you know, screenwriting is just not for you. Or, well, maybe the next thing you write would be a writing sample. And like, like, uh, and I was kind of stuck, but I was kind of like, uh, I decided very similar to this podcast, uh, that I was going to see it through a certain number of rewrites. It just, uh, at least I wasn't going to give up on this, uh, this one story. And then I was writing something with two other people. And also I had like my, my, per, you know, because of my drinking, my personal life was in upheaval, especially around drinking, um, not that it's super important, but it's kind of tan- tangentially related. Like, because some of these things that, that didn't go well, were, like I, I own that it was a big part of it was who me. So I was trying to write this thing with two other people, and we were trying to produce it ourselves, and we were, we were having some creative differences about uh, how we were going to produce it, and. Uh, whether we're going to do like acting it ourselves or hire, like try to get it, like try to do it super cheap or whatever. And we're having creative differences, but we're still writing and writing and rewriting. And it still kept, we, we were kind of like in that like phase where it was like uh, we were rewriting instead of like producing it. And one of the guys ended up uh, so expensive to live in the Bay Area and he has a family that he decided to, to leave the Bay Area. 
And that kind of became, well, geez, what are we going to do now? Or we, like, if he was going to act in it, how are we going to rewrite it? Or, and like, I had gotten antsy, like, uh, with the, like, after he left, it kind of threw off our balance between the three of us. And like, again, I wasn't fully, uh, the best person to be working with. And, but so at some point, I was like, uh, I kind of drew a boundary, though. I said, well, if we're not going to start producing this and acting in it, or even like at least testing it, uh, like I'm out. Like I can't keep working. At, like I can't just keep writing, write, rewriting if we're not going to, if it's not going to be, uh, if it's just going to be like uh, these short scripts we're writing. Like if it's not going to be produced, even if it's poorly produced, I guess it was my thing. Like let's just make it and then. Like, uh, like through bad acting and bad directing, we'll figure out how to do it. And another person on the project was like, you know, they, they had the opposite view. And I, and I basically, and I think I'd let a, I think I'd set a date or whatever. I said, okay, if we're not, if it's not, if we're not working on it by this date, like I'm leave like I'm not going to be, like I'm breaking up the band. I mean, basically. And this other person was like, uh, like, they're like, no, 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 like, let's get it done well. Like, they said, let's just really polish the writing and then we'll find, uh, we'll either find money to do it or we'll find, like, uh, I don't know. They, they, they were having a more, and that's a legitimate view, like, uh, to be a much more professional, professional version of what we were working on. And also part of it was like, because of like, like uh, that I wasn't a good, like uh, I wasn't a very good actor. I think the other two guys were a little bit better actors than me maybe, but, uh, that wasn't the main bone of contention, but, uh, whatever, like we were having creative differences and, and the, the guy that had moved away was kind of like, uh, anyway, like it, it had come to a front and it come to a decision point. And actually the day the decision was made just happened to be that the trains were on strike, the bar trains. And because I took Bart to work, uh, it was really inconvenient. And uh, to one of my workplaces, uh, one of my workplaces that was the furthest way I was able to work from home one day. But then another one of my workplaces I had to take a bus. And it was like a very long bus ride, like a, like an hour, hour and a half or something. And everybody was taking it because of the the trains were out. And I remember we were all texting and when I was on this bus ride, and we it wasn't 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 a pleasant text. So like it was kind of like a like a breakup text. So like we're breaking like, a, and we decided to go our separate ways. Like the three of us said, well, we're just we're not sharing the same vision. This one person was no longer in the Bay Area, and one, the one person was like, I'd rather make this like a really professional version. And I'd just rather, if, if that's not what you guys want, I'll just do it myself. Um, to which I kind of said, okay, that's good. I like, just count me out. And like, uh, and like right when that happened, I said, okay, like, uh, let's see, to bounce back. So I'm on the bus, uh, but it, like to, to kind of bounce back. One of the successful things about writing together, I mean, I learned a lot of stuff, especially about like writing with two other people and then having to present stuff and, and it kind of getting getting a lot of feedback, not all of a positive. But the one thing I learned is like the, the dedication, like, cause we had like, we had one night set a week that we met and we would meet on the weekend. And I also had set writing time. I guess it wasn't on the train. I don't know when I was writing for that project, but I was writing a certain amount every day 
for that project, which is kind of, for me, what I have to do, even with the podcast, write every single day. Uh, otherwise, they just, uh, like, a, like then it becomes really hard to still, I don't know, it's just what works for me. And so I had all this time set aside for this uh, YouTube, like, whatever, the short comedy, whatever we're, we're working on. And, like, so I already had that time set aside. And at that moment, like, not moments after it ended... This part of me was like, why don't you start that sleep podcast? Some, some like, uh, more knowledgeable, wise part of me. And I said, what do you mean? And then that part of me, still wise and knowledgeable, said, well, you have all this time set aside for this project. What if you just start working on the sleep podcast um, in the time you have, uh, like, set aside for this project? You just start working on that sleep podcast. Otherwise, the time's going to close up uh you know, with regular life stuff. And I was kind of like, who, who said that? I said, what? I said, what? And I said, yeah, just start making that sleep podcast. When should I start it? Tomorrow. Like, uh, start working on it tomorrow. And I said, start working on that sleep podcast idea tomorrow. Yeah, well, I don't know how to make a podcast. Well, just start working on it. Start tomorrow. And I actually listened to that part of me. That was the aha moment for, for sleep with me, that all of sleep with me kind of, like, uh, turns on. Uh, was me saying, okay, let's do that. And then I started and I learned how to make the podcast. And uh, and then I started, and you, you like episode 500 I, or whatever, 501 or 502, I talk a lot about, uh, I think I talk about some of this, but then I learned like uh, how to produce a podcast. And I learned how to like uh, over 150, 200 episodes, how to kind of um, be on the mic and, and how to write the episodes. And then at some point in the first, I decided on two episodes a week. Then I decided on three episodes a week. I think somewhere around episode 100, I decided, okay, this is what works best. This like uh, the the like the way the episodes are scheduled now and the styles of episodes. And so then after I started the podcast, this is kind of like cutting a shortcut, but uh, then I was writing on the train. I still had that same 30-minute train ride. Though some days it was 15 minutes, but either way, it wasn't important. And in the mornings, I would still be writing screenplay and rewriting this screenplay. And then in the afternoons, I'd be writing for the podcast. And so when I first started the podcast, that's what I was doing. I was just writing in the afternoon. And that wasn't the best time because then it would be like more like I'd be using my fresh writing time in the morning for working on the screenplay. And then in the afternoons, uh, it would be a little bit more haggard and a little bit more distracted. And when I first started the podcast, like, uh, after like the first, like it, there was like three written episodes every single week for a little while. So I was having to write a lot and, uh, it wasn't working. And at some point, and I can remember where I was when I made this decision, I was like walking at work. I was on my lunch break. And I had rewritten the screenplay a few times, and it was, still wasn't there. And I didn't know if it was the story or my ability to write in this three-quarter prose or that I had rewritten it too much and I was too close to it. But I, I was like, okay, I'm stuck with this rewriting of this uh, current story. And I had finished a rewrite, so and I would gotten some feedback on it, and it wasn't, uh, it, it was uh, like what I'm saying. It was like, okay, this isn't there. And it's kind of tough. Uh, there's some some things missing here, and also, 
So anyway, like it was like, okay, this is going to take another big rewrite to, to get this anywhere. And this was probably like, I don't know if I was a year into the podcast or two years into the podcast, but it was like, uh, okay, I had the sleep podcast and it's going pretty well. And this uh, writing in the screenplay is kind of pulling my time and resources. My morning, all that morning writing time is going to the screenplay. You know, maybe I should set aside screenwriting. Not, not so much give up, but uh, be like, okay, what, what's working and which form of storytelling? It, it, like, uh, I don't know, not so much just like uh, pooling, deciding where you're going to put your resources. I guess just like with uh, retirement or budgeting or something like that. And that goes back to why to, to uh, like uh, write every day. And if you need to like uh, um, take transit to find that time to do it, because uh, that's the hardest thing about creative projects uh is a time resource. Uh, it's one of the more limited things we have. And energy kind of corresponds with that. But so at that point, and I remember that day too, I said, okay, let's let's just, uh, still not ready to give up on that story. But as far as like screenwriting, I said, I was ready to, uh, to, to, to just enter a new phase and, and say, let me just put all of my resources, uh, creative and time resources into this podcast and let's see how it goes. And maybe that was around two years. Cause at two years I said, okay, I'm going to try to keep making this podcast and make it sustainable. And then I guess when we get to four years, I'm going to decide, I'm going to make that decision again. Uh, but so I said, okay, let's go. Yeah, let's do that. And then, so then my writing became, uh, where I was writing in the morning and in the afternoon for the podcast and then they changed this winter when I like because of the weather and because my daughter goes to school, it's a little bit out of the way. And mostly because the city car share, the company I was using went out of business, I leased a car. And so that became a new phase for writing for me, which actually has worked out great uh, because it just forced me to get up earlier and write and then i have like uh for me it's worked a lot better my writing is definitely better uh since then because i like i have to sit in one place and i I have less much less distraction and there's less excuses like if it's very clear if i'm not going to be focused or i'm going to look at my phone or do something then i'm choosing not to write uh or if you're on a train maybe you don't have a seat or maybe you know, I don't know. Like, it's easier to make make up excuses, at least. So now I just get up and write for 30 minutes first thing in the morning. But so, that, like, I wrote, I don't know how many episodes I wrote on that bar train and then on the bus. So, like, uh, like when I take the bus, like, I, like it was in the bus. So here's what, as the podcast developed, because, uh, like, over year one, two, three, and into this year, other than when I leased this car, is that, uh, like, I had to write for 30 minutes a day for the podcast. And then, like, whenever I was on the train, I was writing for the podcast, period. So if it was more than 30 minutes, that was great. And then if I'm on a bus, the rule was uh, if I needed to write more because I was slacking or the episode wasn't quite there yet, uh, like, I would write on the bus. And if I wasn't writing on the bus, I was communicating, like, trying to check in with listeners, uh which I miss a lot, uh, 
because that was my main time for social media and email, mostly Twitter and Facebook, was when I was on the bus. So it was like 15 or 20 minutes in the morning and at night. Now, when I'm in my car now, at least I get to listen to the podcast episode more. So, like, I can listen to episodes, like, three weeks before they come out a couple times extra. So, it's it's just, like, again, time management. It's like if I'm in the car, I mean, sometimes I'll listen to a podcast, but most of the time I'm listening to sleep with me, like, when the editors are done to hear what their work is and see and see what they have coming up. So, is there anything else about the... Uh, commuting with the podcast. I mean, I don't know. I mean, without my commute, it wouldn't be asleep with me. So it's funny because I can picture different spots like uh, using Twitter a lot uh, on the bus, but also like different things. Like I remember like uh, when I was trying to get the idea of like with Dan Harmon's kind of story circle and his story embryo and all his stuff, like playing with that, I remember being on the bus yeah, because I was so excited about testing out those ideas that I was actually writing more. Like, I was like, is any chance, like, when you're excited about writing, you you got you got to use that, like, because it's very rare <laughs> for for me at least. So it'd be like, okay, like, uh, whatever part I'm like, you want to keep writing? Okay, let's write on the bus then. Like, let's just keep writing. So just riding that wave of excitement. So. So that's like a, I guess like a check-in about uh, some of the stuff with the bus and the train. But I want to take you back to my youth. So, so like a, so opening the show, like uh, Syracuse has a bus system called Centro. And I know we talked about this on another episode, but uh, I can't, can't remember if it, like, maybe it ended up being like one of these two, like uh, these episodes with two different layers. But I have, like, a couple of memories of Central. One, it was the bus I took to high, middle school and high school. Like, we took a city bus uh, to school. And uh, so was, uh, that I didn't really, like, uh, trying to think. I, I had to take the bus, I guess, because uh, I'm the oldest. Uh, uh, I don't think I had a car. I'm trying to think about my friend. But anyway, to, like, uh, for a while I took the bus. Yeah, but there's a, so but there's two particular uh, situations that I took the bus as a kid that I really love. One is themed to summer, and one is themed to, to uh, the holidays. And I think I've talked about the holiday one before. Let me talk about the summer one because it, it uh, since it's the summertime, and I had a best friend, uh, Pat Pat T, and he he was uh, the friend that lived the closest to me as far as uh, friends from school. And we, we went to the same school, I mean, with a couple switches, all the way from kindergarten uh, to uh, high school. Uh, but these, this all took place in grammar school. So Pat and, and Pat, Pat's family was, like, always uh, really his mom and dad were great. Uh, and he had an older brother, Dan. That's where I played the greatest Dungeons and Dragons game ever with him and his older brother, Dan, and his friends. And maybe it's because of Dan that, like, I could go over to Pat's house uh, over summer break because my mom had six kids. And uh, Pat lived close enough that at some age, uh, I guess maybe not in our age because, uh, like, I, I even as a parent feel a little bit more... Uh, over, uh, whatever, over, um, hyper, hyper V word, you know, 
but it, it was a dis, distant walk. Maybe I'd, I don't think I would ride my bike, though. Maybe somebody would drop me off. I don't know. Uh, but I would walk to, to Pat's house, and he, his parents both worked, so it would usually be maybe that maybe that was part of the reason. That, that we were kids, so we'd uh, we'd play Nintendo. Uh, we would watch movies. Sometimes we played Dungeons and Dragons. And Pat had a younger brother, Chris. Uh, there was a there was good woods by Pat's house, so we would go adventuring in the woods and. Uh, then there was a city park uh, by his house, too. And Pat, Pat had, like, his older brother's friends and his friends from his neighborhood. So sometimes we'd all play, you know, play games in the park or whatever. But, you know, a summer, like, especially multiple summers in a row, you'd start to run low on things to do. And I don't know what age we were. Uh, I don't know if we like, maybe, like, uh, it's frightening to think it's probably the same age my daughter is, but maybe fourth, fifth, sixth grade. Uh, but so at one point we got old enough uh, and we got bored enough that we would talk our parents into letting us take the bus into downtown Syracuse where there was a comic book shop and a model shop. And another amazing thing is that Pat's uncle, uh, Tom, uh, is is a comic book uh, like uh, he writes comic books and uh, Captain Kid uh, Tom and Mark uh, they're both well known uh, uh, Tom P and Mark W uh, so check out their comic book Captain Kid so there's like a like a cool cool connection is that Pat, Pat's uh, brother I don't know if it was at the time I don't know when his, his uncle uh, his uncle worked his way up just like uh, and he's given me some invaluable advice. Uh, you know, working a day job and writing comics at night. Uh, but so Pat and I got to the age where we could take the bus uh, downtown, and it was uh, like a thrilling sense of freedom, and we would get it, we'd catch it uh, on the corner of Velasco and Glenwood. I'm almost positive is where we would catch the bus, uh, which is right by Pat's house, and we would do, like, it would be the summer, it'd probably be, like, in the early, like, a, like, a, like a, no, be early, like a late, late uh, morning, like ten, ten thirty, and we did it a lot. And so we, what we do is like we'd go to the comic book shop, and maybe I don't know if the comic book shop or the model shop were one store or they were next to each other. Uh, we probably couldn't do it too often because we were we we never had like we had I think we still had paper out, so we had a little bit of money. Well, you know, we'd look through and uh, probably buy, like, the discounted comics and, you know, just spend a lot of time looking around. And then at the model shop, uh, I remember I would always buy these miniature army men uh, that if people, some people would paint them. They were plastic. They weren't the metal ones or the die-cast ones. But uh, then, you know, I, could, I still played with toys, uh, so... For me, it was like a new toy to play with. Uh, and they were much smaller than the ones, the green ones you would get at 99 cent stores. Uh, but then we would also go across the street or, or a couple blocks over uh, was uh, like a pizza shop with New York style pizza called Pavone's, which was also at the mall. You may have heard me talk about it in the past. And so we'd go over there and we'd have a slice of pizza for lunch and then maybe we'd go back. Maybe we didn't buy anything and we'd go back to the model shop, the model shop and the comic book shop. 
And then at some point we would take the bus uh, back home. Or maybe we'd get a ride, but I think either one. Um, and we'd walk around a little bit. Like at that point, uh, downtown Syracuse, uh, this was the 80s. So I don't know. To a kid, it was like the coolest place in the world. I don't know. I think uh, there's still some stores there. Um, maybe it was in the 90s that a lot, like Syracuse downtown, a lot of stores closed and stuff. Uh, so not that long after this. So we really witnessed. Uh, uh, to a, uh, it was cool. And then at some point I learned about bus transfers, uh, like not that long. Like once I got this taste of freedom, I was not letting it go. And then at some point, I don't know if this was the same summer or the next summer, some of our friends started to learn about this. Uh, and they said, wait, you guys can, can take the bus places? And so then I, once I learned about the bus transfers, I learned that we could go take the bus downtown. And not everybody was like me and Pat. Like, not everybody was into, like, just like, looking around a comic book shop for, like, hours at a time. I think a couple of our friends, like, you know, had different tastes. So, But so we would uh, take the bus downtown, and that was where the transfer station was anyway. And I figured out, I, I was always into weird stuff like this. So I was like, okay, I think we could take the bus all the way out to the shopping malls that were like, uh, not in the suburbs, but uh, like in the, like the towns on the edge of the city. I don't, I don't know what you call those. They're not the sub, maybe, or maybe those are suburbs. Not that far away, uh, but much too far to walk. So then we would take the bus uh and I remember once we took it all the way out to the small Camilla Mall, which is not super far, but pretty far. And maybe my friends got irritated. Like, but I'm like, once I get into these kind of adventures, you know, I'm into it. Uh, and I guess another funny thing is like, you, you take the bus so far, you know, when the crow, as the crow flies, it wasn't really that far. Or now being into like walking, it'd be like, it'd probably be like a few hours of a walk, but, uh, but so I got us all the way out there, and then we probably, by the time we got out there, I don't know if we had any money, uh, then we probably had to be like, okay, the next, but like, uh, and that's when you, like, relied on not phone apps, but the bus schedule. And then it was probably, that, that would probably be, like, a bit of a buzzkill, like, taking the bus all the way back into the city, then transferring again. But I, I assume we did it. I don't remember the bus ride home, so maybe everybody was, uh, uh, but we took that bus all the way out to Camilla Small, which is very, very far for some young kids. Probably didn't have permission, so that might have been our last bus trip. And it was probably the last. And I was telling the other guys, I'm like, can you imagine, like, because there was also out there was, like, the mini putt-putt golf, which, again, we probably didn't have money for that. Um, there was also uh, this store... Like the one store, I think it was a bookstore, but one of the few stores in Syracuse that had like computer games. Uh, so like like a different variety, because I don't know what, what you had at the mall to buy computer games at the, the back then. But this bookstore, I think it was a bookstore. Maybe it was an electronics store. It was across the street from, so I had big plans, but I don't think we ever uh, did that again. Maybe just because it, it was a little bit too much uh but, you know, when you're in, in what's weird with retelling the story is like, uh, like while the memory seems distant, the essence of the experience uh, is right there. 
Like you can kind of see the streets and uh, imagine the adventure part. So, uh, you know, get adventuring. That's one thing. And then my final thing, like I I think I've shared this before, but my most cherished memory, one of my most cherished memories from childhood is that uh, in the day after Thanksgiving, the Friday after Thanksgiving, buses were free. And I'm sure, like, my, my mom had a lot going on. And, again, she, she, her and my dad had six kids. Uh, and so on the day after Thanksgiving, my dad, and this wasn't, a, like, a long-standing tradition, but I think for two or three years, maybe four years, he would take me, my brother Carl, my sister Sheila, maybe my brother Ted, like, anyone that was old enough that was out of diapers, I guess, uh, and could walk, uh, we would take the bus uh, downtown. And this was like uh, early, maybe, yeah, they, this was the 80s. And this was when downtown Syracuse still had two department stores. So before the real rise of malls. And we would take it. So this is when my love of the bus truly began. Because we'd get on the bus, it was free. And it would be like this after, you know, like a... The Sunday after, the Friday after Thanksgiving, so it'd be like, uh, I don't think it's Syracuse, it'd be snow or anything, but it'd be very busy. I mean, this was uh, like, so we'd go to these, we'd take it downtown, we'd go to these two shopping, these uh, department stores. I think in Syracuse you had like Sibley's and something else, and there was actually even a sky bridge that connected the two of them, I believe, over the main street in downtown Syracuse. And so we would go to the two stores and we would look at stuff in uh, Sibley's, I believe, but I'm not positive which one, but uh, one of them had a Santa Claus. And it was like, uh, you know, that was the day they premiered all their decorations and they would have a big, you know, in the toy section. One, first of all, who buy, whoever bought toys in a department store, like I always wondered that even as a kid because I knew none of our presents were coming from there. But it was a good way to get people in there. And I can remember, like, seeing Santa Claus, and then they had a cafe. And we would get to go to the cafe afterwards and get dessert. And, and, I mean, for people with six kids, like, this is a bit like, I mean, this is, like, groundbreaking. Like, we get to order something off a menu. And maybe we only ate there once, but I remember uh, just feeling like maybe we got hot chocolate and I remember getting like a Belgian waffle. I don't know if it came with ice cream or I just ordered a Belgian waffle and it had whipped cream and sprinkles on it. And I felt like the cat's pajamas. And like it just like uh, it just felt really cool. And then one time my cousin Phil came with us. And I can remember that because I felt like this might have been our second or third year doing it. And we started to think, like, what else can we get out of Dad? Like, we never get him out of the house like this. Uh, and we're on this adventure. And so Syracuse had this science museum. Um, now they have a bigger one called Most. But at the time, this was just like a small one. And maybe you would go there for school. But, like, a lot of times, I don't think I'd been there, but... uh it was like this, the cool place that all the kids at school would talk about. Oh, I went, my, we went to that museum. You could, uh, you know, they had like a shadow projector, like where it took your picture and kept your shadow. And, you know, sand drawing and you could shake your own, you know, different illusions, science-based illusions. Uh, probably had a Tesla coil, obviously. 
It had a Moonlander video game that's free if you waited in line where you tried to land on the moon. And I can't remember what it was called, but, like, I remember we talked my dad into going there, and you had to pay to get in. So I, I can't, I can't can remember, like, being, like, we asked my dad, like, we were probably, like, uh, no, one of you guys asked, no, 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 you know, no, you know, we're trying to get each other. Be like, hey, Dad, what do you think about uh, stopping at that site? You know, we got a couple hours of here. Uh, so I remember going there, and that was so holy mackerel. That was thrilling. And getting to do all the science-based stuff and um, uh, see the Tesla coil, get our, uh, you know, it was just uh, really fun stuff. But it was just so cool. Uh it's just, to me, it, it, taking transits always felt like an adventure, even now. Um, I mean, the BART, a little, a little bit less so, because the BART's more utilitarian, you know, because it just goes to a few places. I think one of the keys about transit is that you have to, get, like, there has to be an element where you're like, oh, wait, am I on the right train? Am I on the right bus? Uh, oh, boy. Like, like a disorientation to that level. And then for me, especially after living in New York City, like moving from Syracuse to New York and getting exposed to like wider diversity of cultures and stuff and languages and just the rhythm of life in a city, uh, it like, uh, I don't know, it just added something to it. Like, uh, and then in New York, like people selling batteries and people performing music and all other random stuff, like what goes on in New York City. And then you come to the Bay Area, like, buses in the Bay Area, like, uh, no offense to the trains, but kind of buses is where it's at in the Bay Area, where they kind of, like, uh, real vibrant uh, vibrancy takes place. Because, uh, again, like, uh, I don't know, the BART is this weird conglomeration of, like, a subway and a commuter rail, and, I mean, I think, like, uh, I don't know, like, uh, it's not to, like, uh, it's just a little bit different, you know. I think you know what I'm saying. If you do, oh, by the way, Bart's, like, kind of like our train, like, uh, I think you understand. Like, it's not that important. And then when I lived in L.A., it really didn't get a lot of public transit. But from what I understand, like, in the last, like, 10 years, their public transit has really, really improved and, uh, I was just listening to the episode of Doughboys where Nick Weiger was talking about taking the bus and then not feeling good. And then he got off the bus and walked for five hours, but it wasn't the bus's fault. So I think like what I would like to put on my list of things to do adventure-wise is go to L.A. and use the subway, like the metro and the bus system there. And now with phones... Like, even taking buses is, like, a much greater convenience. I mean, sometimes the buses here... They're supposed to have GPSs on them. Somehow the bus, the GPSs do get turned off or deactivated sometimes. And I don't know if that's like a general decision, like when the buses are running so late uh, or like an individual decision. I think I asked someone and they said, no, no, it has to be, or maybe some of them are just malfunctioning. But yeah, I guess that's it. Like that's just some of my love of uh, bus, bus and transit, and uh, I guess uh, how the podcast kind of relies on it too. Thanks and good night.